Michigan State football is getting explicit about name, image, and likeness. The NCAA is looking to capitalize on a post-Thanksgiving bubble, and it isn't even being a little subtle about it. Turns out having a Harvard-educated epidemiologist as your university president pays off because COVID still sucks. Speaking of sucks, former head coach of Rutgers football Chris Ash is worse than you realized. Your Twitter questions and more. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, of course, joined by my co-host, the man who 13 years ago today got lucky and has somehow transformed himself into a respectable person, Kevin Greck. And now, also joined by the man who is desperately trying to join an alliance because he knows he's got five more episodes left before he's voted off the island, Alex Plum. Greckers, how you doing, buddy? uh what happened 13 years ago today oh oh a little a little program known as appalachian state wow uh, rolled into the big house wow that was on your calendar (laughs) oh it was all over the timeline okay (laughs) espn was tweeting out the clip it was great that was such a transformative moment that i became a better human being it's it you know honestly it tracks it does Plum, how you doing, my man? Um, I'm actually starting an Appalachia State uh, Alliance fan group. So whichever one mm-hmm. of you guys likes that more, um, <laughs> choose me, please. So thirsty. Uh, Does Appalachian State have a better recruiting class in football than us right now? Let's not look into it. Anyway, uh, of course, thank you for listening to the podcast. But speaking of thirsty, we do sincerely want to ask a big favor. I know we ask all the time for us to share the episode. But there's a bit of news. A real brand, a real national brand, reached out to us. And we were, I would just describe it as closer in numbers than I anticipated to being able to advertise. So I would just kindly ask, if you could share the the pod, just give it a retweet. We know how many of you listen. Just share the pod, please. We just need uh, a little boost. Just a, a little, little boost. A little, just a little boost. boost. We, we were, for no sports, shockingly closer than I ever anticipated. Uh, so give us a follow on the old Twitter machine, at Spartan underscore pod. Let me live my dream of somehow doing this as a thing. Uh, and of course, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. We do also like those ratings and reviews. We are... I believe the only five star Spartan podcast out there. Uh, but I could have told you that. I mean, I've I've sampled them all, and no disrespect to the other Spartan podcasts. But what's alarming no- is that that is true with a three star talent in Kevin Greck. But uh, <laughs> five star podcasters. <laughs> Greg, uh, do you uh, do you want to let the folks know the structure of the show? Yeah, we kick it off with some green wall. That's where we talk about what's going on on campus at MSU. Talk about football. Talk about Spartan basketball. Talk about other stuff. There's other stuff this week. Then we go off Grand River to talk about uh, what's being discussed nationally in sport. Then finally, we take your Twitter questions. It's going to be fantastic. It'll be great. Um, and I 
think we have to talk. Uh, it, we, I didn't put in the outline, but I'm just going to put it in there. I think we got to make mention of the uh, Central Arkansas Austin P uh, football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, not it, only it, we'll, we'll throw it in with the COVID segment because COVID's still a thing. Anyway, uh, let's start with the Green Wall and the sport that always leads football. Uh, so the big news here is that midnight rolled around making the month officially September and that the MSU football staff could finally do real recruiting and reach out to 2022 prospects. Um, and I think what was clear is they had a plan. Uh, the, you know, Greg, I, I guess I'll let you share what a bit about the graphics and then some of the follow-up heat that the, the university sent out, but they, I, I guess I would say they sent, individualized notes to anyone that they were remotely interested in. So uh, you want to, you want to fill folks in on, on what happened and, and, uh, and then sort of that additional heat they were bringing. Yeah. I mean, that's about the gist of it. Uh, They had a salvo, shall we say, of recruiting materials that went out to just about everyone that they had already extended a uh, scholarship offer to and were interested in. Uh, they of course had a form letter, uh, very well, I mean, the graphics department is a big step up from, from, uh, the Mark D'Antonio graphics department. I don't think Uh, you saw this outreach during Mark D'Antonio either. No, I mean, Mark doesn't care about social media. He still doesn't. He didn't then. He doesn't now. This was never a tool that the D'Antonio regime was going to use, but, uh, uh, the recruits that I saw seemed to be into it. Uh, all of the different positional coaches and all of the the different coordinators and such uh, writing, again, what appeared to be handwritten notes, scanned in and then tweeted out or DM'd to these recruits um, so they could be shared out really easily uh, on, on the recruit social media uh, apparatus. Uh, there's another Spidey in the mix. Uh, Spidey got his own custom Spider-Man, MSU Spider-Man uh, comic book cover. Chief what? Borders. It is, his name's Chief Borders. But he goes by Spidey, or Spidey's his favorite, or something like yes, that. Yes, Spidey is his favorite, yes. So that's rad. I don't know if we uh, repurposed some of that art from a, a previous uh, <laughs> yeah. Spidey, uh, or what happened with that, but um, major heat. Major heat across uh, all of the different recruiting uh, zones. So, so pretty good. Off to a good September. Hmm. The the other big push though was coming from uh, Jeff Martson, the uh, the director of player personnel, I believe, um, who sent out a series of tweets, essentially embracing name, image, and likeness fully, and saying that here are the reasons that coming to Michigan State that that you should come here for name, image, and likeness. It will build your brand because look at our graphics team. Look at what they can do. Then, also, by the way, look at Mel Tucker's following. And then also look at some of the most viewed games in the last season, in the last five seasons. Uh, Look at what MSU has been able to accomplish in the last 10 years. And so if you're looking to build a brand, and I think it was explicitly said, profit off of that brand, Michigan State's the place to come. That to me, was exciting. Yeah. 
I, I almost said wild, but I, I didn't think it gave the same breath as like, that's a big deal. It is. And I, I've been sort of talking about this off the pod with folks. Plum, what do you think about this idea? What if Amani Bates actually comes to MSU? Think of the think of the infrastructure that will be built in his one year here if name, image, and likeness does come into play with the NCAA and with the Michigan State House. If that dude is on campus for just one year, right at the beginning of this whole thing, imagine having a guy like that here to just allow the athletic department to build all that stuff out. I mean, it would be a huge boost, wouldn't it? Uh, it, it could be, but is this the year you want that to happen? Or are you suggesting this is the year because there's literally nothing else going on? Oh, I'm talking about if Amani came to campus next year. Oh, so obviously this year, it's not going to happen, right? Like we uh, we know already that name, image, and likeness isn't going isn't gonna to come into play. But if the NCAA figures this out and next year or the following when Amani may actually come to East Lansing, can like Nike will be here yeah. um, <laughs> for sure. Like without a doubt. Nike will um, set up like a social media hut just like adjacent to the Breslin. Yeah. I mean, it would be a boon it, it, just to have a guy like that here while you're trying to set up the program. It would give you such a leg up with those brands and for, recruiting. for everything and for recruiting. that comes after. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's thrilling, uh, and and it and it just for for me this you know we we joked about the difference between Mark D'Antonio and, and Mel Tucker in terms of their social media outreach, but this also felt like a very progressive, forward looking, page turning, like it, it. We are in a different era, so completely now, without without a snap of football played. Um, it, the, the contrast was just uh, stark. I mean, the car, the contrast has been stark. I don't remember Mark D'Antonio ever birding in any of his, <laughs> in any of his media uh, appearances. Here's so. a question about Imani Bates, though. So, okay, yeah, this year it's not going to happen, obviously, and he'll eventually come. And let's hope next year we actually play. Maybe in two years we will actually play. Uh, or maybe testing will be revolutionized and we'll play this season. Uh, unlikely. Um, if it does happen or it doesn't happen, I think I'm more interested if it doesn't happen. Um, what do you think about him capitalizing on a name image likeness without actually ever suiting up and taking the field? How much does the hype alone warrant uh, Nike setting up shop right outside the uh, the Irvin Magic Johnson entrance uh, to the Brez? That's a good question. I I don't know. I mean, there are other guys that are coming that Nike might also be interested in. Um, I'm guessing that if college basketball doesn't play, then he's going to go to the G League because, like, they'll be playing. They're going to bubble up again. They'll figure something out. They'll play. Well, so they might be interested in him somewhere else. But there is there is a lot of heat for MSU basketball right now. So and and I think we're going to get to it. Uh, whatever admonishments Plum may have, and we'll get to them. It sounds like we're playing basketball. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the other piece of, of sort of the, the tweet storm that was happening adjacent to recruiting that I thought was interesting was um, came from uh, Jack Tab, the assistant wide receivers coach, who was addressing high school students who may not be able to play. And uh, and so, you know, worried, you know, we've we've kind of touched on this in different ways of 
how how are coaches going to be able to recruit if there's not new film? And so Jack Tab actually addressed this pretty explicitly. He says, "Quote: Get your boys together and make some videos. I don't need cute edited footwork drills. I want some real game applicable content. Full route trees, change of direction drills, catching, blocking, etc." September 1st, baby, recruiting season, DM me 100. I'm going to stop you right there, okay? The last time I tweeted out to teenage boys asking them to put videos together and to DM me, it was not 100, all right? And I have a restraining order to prove it. So I think this is unfair and inequitable on every level. I'm going to just say that on the front end. Um. Anyway, we'll move on from the institutional weight of MSU behind you. That's wow. all, and then you're fine. <laughs> I made it worse yeah, somehow. somehow. Nice. <laughs> and it wasn't me this time, so it's great. Anyway, um, Plum, uh, I, you know, sort of speaking of the plans, uh, there, uh, there are again, uh, again, conflicting reports that the Big Ten may attempt to play football this year. Um, Yeah. I think we're going to get a bit into the president a little bit later, uh, but this seems to just be smoke from coaches, right? Uh, Coaches are Dan Patrick. He called October 10th to start the football season. I don't know what smoke he's smoking, but where does that come from? I mean, other than a source, uh, it it, it doesn't seem right. I mean, I I think the... um, Conference bylaws, Big Ten conference bylaws require sixty percent vote. A vote, right? Eleven to three split means you got to flip eight, or you got to flip five schools uh, to get that. You know, to get that, uh, to get that reversed. Um, yeah, for for those who may not know, uh, just to reference what Alex was saying, it did come out that uh, in response to, I don't even think we talked about and have it down here the Nebraska football players lawsuit to talk about. But anyway. Nebraska football players sued the Big Ten. It's stupid. Um, but the Big Ten did respond and say that the vote was officially taken. It was 11-3 to 3 with Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State all voting to play. To Alex's point, for that to change, it would need to be 60% of the Big Ten schools one direction uh, or another. And so, you, you to, to your point, Alex, they would need to flip uh, five schools. Do you remember though that Ohio State is worth three votes? So, <laughs> I mean, those eyebrows alone are worth some kind of <laughs> here, here. one for the face, one for each eyebrow. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it, 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 it with you know, tack that on to uh, Jim Harbaugh's brother, John, uh, you know, advocating for the Big Ten to, to play again. And I know we're going to kind of crisscross through all this nonsense throughout the pod, but it just, until you, until it is sort of, until it's coming from ADs, which you would think are clued into the presidents in some way. um, I'm, I'm just not going to take source as, as anything right now, because it could be John Harbaugh saying, I talked to Jim and Jim has come up with a plan to play football starting on October 3rd. I'm just not buying it. Yeah. Um, Be but, skeptical, dear listener. Believe uh, it. Greg, I think it's time for you and I to eat some humble pie because... Um, That's my favorite kind mm, of pie. Apple yeah. can sit on it. Humble. Uh, 
Crow, fine. Humble pie, though. That's where it's at. Uh, so last week, uh, we got into a a bit of a story about, um, CBS projecting both Cassius and Tillman in the first round and Plum, it seems that you're getting some validation specifically out of the Boston area. People are liking cash. Listen, man, what can I tell you? Sherrod Blakely has my back. He listened to the pod in his uh, his draft, uh, his his his, his uh, 2020 NBA draft uh, mock draft, there gives uh, Cassius to the LA Lakers, number 28 pick. Um, he was like, "This Plum guy's got some really good ideas like about Cassius Winston. Like I'm gonna bump him up in my uh, in my draft Something projections. About the jib of my jab, or whatever that, however that goes. <laughs> anyway, so you know, listen, um, I don't want to say that you were wrong and that I was right, but I was wrong, and <laughs> you're not that right. <laughs> Again, be skeptical, yeah. listener. Believe it when you see it. <laughs> Either way, uh, I think this still bodes well for Cash, that he is sure. he's probably not, it sounds like, not getting a two-way deal. Um, so isn't, isn't you know, flipping back and forth between uh, the G League and, and the NBA that that uh, he may genuinely land somewhere, which is exciting because uh, dude deserves anything. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. So. 100%. Um, related, I don't know how much there is to talk about this, but it did come out today that college basketball has officially pushed back their start date to November 25th. It looks like the oversight committee has also said there will be no exhibitions or scrimmages this year. Um, What's the likelihood that the Big Ten plays any non-conference games if it plays basketball at all? It seems extremely unlikely to me. Like, right? Yeah. Like if these games happen, they're going to happen in in that like bubble dome from ET, basically. Like, there's no way that we're going to be scrimmaging against Oakland. This year, no, um, and I think Plum. It, it, you know, I my understanding is that the the reason that all of these schools are pushing back, or it, the reason for the decision to push back to November twenty fifth, is the the idea that most schools that aren't like Liberty University have decided that after the Thanksgiving break, students won't be coming back to campus. Yeah, I've seen some of that too. I mean, they're going to continue to call it health and safety reasons. I think that's probably the safer way that doesn't require as much divining the tea leaves. Uh, But I think that's absolutely right. And again, let's remember, you know, flu season begins and really you get your flu shot probably from now. Um, Really, September, October is when we're pushing them out. We're really looking at November, December is the big uptick. Uh, So yeah, after the Thanksgiving holiday, I think that's a great time. If folks aren't coming back, we may, that's when we may see part of this next wave um, blossom. So I think on an abundance of caution, it, it makes a ton of sense why, why that's why the, the, the rules committee there, the executive council is, is kind of putting that, that marker down. Do you and guys it, remember second wave? Like that, w- that was the thing that we used to talk about, right? Second wave. Like there was this concept that during the summer there would be less COVID, but then it would come back again. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember, it's like so retro, you guys. Oh, the second wave is what we'll see other places, and then we'll just have the we'll same. Just be like, ride the one wave, you guys. Second wave, jabronis. <laughs> Come on. Um, 
the last bit of Greenwall news that I think we we would uh, be doing a disservice to not talk about is uh, fans of the pod may recall a time where we talked about a, a former basketball player, walk-on Brock Washington, who uh, by at least two accounts is not a good person uh, and has sexually assaulted women. Uh, it is. It has been reported that Michigan State the reporting is, is that Michigan State has expelled him from campus forever. Um, Greg, to this that it can, yeah, right? uh, yeah. Plum, you you tweeted about this that 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 may not be entirely accurate. It just may be a very very long ban. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> so uh, when we were in college, I served on the student faculty judiciary, which is the um, sort of the the highest um, judicial board that exists for for sort of student academic or other disciplinary related measures. It's in fact the only board that has the authority, the only entity that has the authority to recommend, um, uh, you know, a kind of a, a final resolution like a suspension or an expulsion. Well, as a land grant institution, there is some um, history history behind this, but Michigan State, um, we're codified. We're, we're actually not allowed to expel uh, students. At least that was the case when I was a student there, and that was in our bylaws as a as a student faculty judicial judicial board. So the most we could do was suspend player or uh, player, sorry, suspend students um, for you know for an you know a, a definite amount of time, but that that could be an absurdly long amount of time. So I can remember one case that was uh, particularly heinous uh, where that that student was suspended for you know several decades. Um, which could have the same effect as an expulsion, but uh, according to the, and this could have changed. I mean, I don't, I don't keep up with this. Obviously, wouldn't have a way to, um, but for for a long time, at least for as long as the institution had been around, up to you know two thousand six, seven, and eight when I was on the board, uh, that was not an option we had available to us. Either of way, no, go, oh, ahead. go ahead, Greg. No, no, no. Go ahead, Greg. Of note, uh, by all media reports. Brock Washington in his uh, representation plan to appeal this uh, apparent decision. So uh, there are new rules because of Title IX changes under the current administration. And uh, there's a chance that Brock Washington may have the opportunity to cross-examine the accuser. And when you say administration, we should be very clear that you mean at the Department of Education and not President Stanley. Not at MSU. Um, I'm right, betting the MSU Trump administration decision would very much prefer that this were just simply over with. Um, yeah. <sighs> Either I think I think the position of the podcast is good that he would be expelled. That was our position at the time. We talked about this at length while it happened, and our yeah. position at the time was Brock Washington did not meet the criteria at the very least uh, that was required of him um, when he had his first incident and uh, whatever happened that second time. And it sounds like it was much more severe by all accounts. Like this is completely unacceptable behavior. Yeah. Um, Well, uh, there's nothing like a a story about sexual assault uh, to transition into a, not a sponsor. So uh, plum, Bringing in the dollars from not real sponsors once again. Uh, who who have you brought to us 
and your effort to get renewed past six episodes. Come on, daddy's got to get a new pair of shoes. Jones, Greg, this week's episode of Can't Read, Can't Write is not brought to you by face masks. Yes, that's right. Just face masks. Whether the flimsy blue hospital gown fabric ones, the net gaiters, the bank robber bandanas, or $30 Under Armour masks you got thinking you might need to referee a bunch of college soccer games that all got canceled. Well, face masks. The single (laughs) most important tool on the basis of cost to combat the COVID-19 pandemic, face masks. The thing the CDC and WHO are begging all humans everywhere to please wear for the love of God and the everlasting hatred of all things Corona, face masks. No matter what your second, third, or even 15th favorite former state quarterback says to the contrary, face masks. Get one, (laughs) wear it, and stop the spread. Now, Plum, I I love this. I think it's great. I wish face masks paid a little bit more. But if you had to say that people should either wear a face mask or wash their hands, you have to pick one. What is face masks? (laughs) All right, let's head off Grand River. Um, Let's start where most things somehow occupying our emotional bandwidth start with the president of the United States. <sighs> this is not, a, this is not a political podcast and it bugs me that we are talking about this, but the president of the United States has called Kevin Warren commissioner of the big 10 and encouraged him to play football. He tweeted about it. In fact, he tweeted about just the big 10 notably did not call the PAC 12 commission. I think if you look at a map, you can figure out why. Yeah, put the uh, 538 electoral map and overlay it with the Big Ten and the Big 12 or the Pac-12 universities, and you might have an idea of uh, why he has decided to call one commissioner and the other. Uh, So uh, this got reported. The Big Ten didn't respond for a minute and then ultimately did and say, yes, the call happened. Um, Cool. I think was largely the response from the Big Ten, but all of the things that we had concerns about before still exist. And the primary issue seemed to be, as as I believe we stated last week and maybe even the week before, that the ability to get test results back fast enough was a, a major impediment to saying that the sport could actually be played safely. Um, this tracks with logic. And then Alex, you've said as much and you actually have a background in this thing. So um, what's alarming, though, in a Trumpian attempt to sort of make a deal is that maybe the Big Ten has requested a government stockpile of rapid testing. Uh, So Plum, what can you fill in for us here from it? And then maybe we can have a larger discussion about the morality of this? Yeah, let's put the morality aside because I think we can all get ourselves nice and worked up about it and should. Uh, but the truth is, if you had adequate testing, you could absolutely have a season. There's no question about it. So if the question is simply one about procuring sufficient tests, um, great. Now, you've heard me wax and wane about uh, specificity and sensitivity, and I, I won't bore you all with the details. But suffice it to say, if you have enough tests, even if the specificity of the test is not great, in other words, if we don't know that no actually means no, 
Uh, if you do the test enough times, if you do three separate tests, for example, in a row at the specificity levels that we're seeing, if it's no three times in a row, we can confidently say you, you, it's not just that the test couldn't find it. It's that that no actually means no, because subsequent tests in order like that continue to bring down those odds ratios. So if, if testing, if N equals infinity and we have infinity supplies and the only question is access to it, this thing is done in a split second. And these guys can play because they can be getting tested every single day and it getting, you know, rapidly analyzed. I mean, Yale, they saw, earlier this month, Yale came out with a saliva-based test, um, which would be uh, theoretically more effective at determining Thank um, God. Uh, uh, this uh, preponderance uh, among asymptomatic um, patients. So th this has always been about testing, because if you can test, you can identify, you can quarantine, you can eliminate the spread, and the rest of us can get on with our, with our lives. But I, think, but I think we should talk about the, talk about the morality of it, which is, Greg, Greg I'll, I'll, I'll pass this to you. Let's be very clear. We want to watch football, but it, doesn't it seem a little bit weird that somehow the, the, the country's sitting on a mass of rapid tests that are going to get funneled to student athletes so that they can play football? Well, yeah. I mean, this is... <laughs> I mean, that's insane. This is a very similar question to can we, when there is a vaccine, can we favor student athletes I'm fine with, with that? Uh, we're, yeah, actually this podcast is on the record being okay with that. So we've got to tread carefully with this. Um, the it, it does seem like there are a lot of better uses for those rapid tests capabilities than this. Uh, at the same time, the country is asking its educators to go back to school and to go back into inside classrooms and be in confined spaces. It seems like rapid response, fast testing in areas where there are small outbreaks in schools would be a much, much better use of this resource than uh, allowing football players, college football players to play now instead of potentially in the spring. Um, it makes no sense to me, but um, it's a political thing. This is not about what's right or wrong. This is about the president of the United States wanting to be able to get in front of people in the Midwest and say, I tried, I'm doing my best, but that Kevin Warren won't let me. And uh, yeah, that's as political as we're going to get. Yeah. Although I think we should get much more. So right now, I, I, I mean, feel like it. We, we can get into it. Uh, I, I think this is a, it, sometimes when my fever pitch of politics uh, bubbles up here, mm -hmm. I just, I feel like the, the best thing to say is that, Please make a voting plan. Please go to vote.org, confirm your voter status, and please vote. And have in in this year of all years, please have a plan for voting. Please can vote. I, yeah, uh, Plum, can you give me the the public health uh, argument for why we should be using these resources on college football players? Yeah, I'm sure there's one to be had. Um, it's helping the country heal itself mm. by 
escapism yes. from this hellscape. That mental the, health is mental important. important. Mental health yes. is important. There's a loneliness and social isolation are important social determinants of health. By being able to watch football, we are connecting with one another in a socially uh, cohesive way. It reduces our feelings of isolation and loneliness and thus um, presents an opportunity to uh, experience better uh, wellness and optimism toward life, which could have positive um, etiological effects on our overall wellness and well-being. Great, great. Wouldn't- I, and I just want to remind everybody too, uh, and not to be political, but um, uh, back in February, uh, the CDC uh, had the opportunity to just take tests that were being used in other parts of the world and start deploying them immediately at airports and other um, locations to determine whether or not this this existed. And instead. Uh, the CDC was ordered to develop their own test, even though they didn't have the capacity for that. And it cost us months, which is what resulted in our reality and the fact that we are the worst country in the world with COVID, despite having a theoretically the best healthcare system. So that's not political. Those are just facts, just facts. And now the CDC is being ordered to, or it has changed the recommendations that uh, you should not get tested if you were asymptomatic and came into contact with somebody who had COVID. Which is, is the least. They've walked that yeah. back, I, I believe. But, but, right? the, but you shouldn't. But Kevin, why did they walk it back? Why was it walked forward? <laughs> why, why did it have legs? <laughs> yes, why did it have legs in the first place? We better move on, you guys. That's we we got to move on because we, oh God, oh God. Yes. No, no, no. I'm going right. to need one minute of rage here. <laughs> um, so, clear the room. Yep. So uh, vote.org, uh, please check your voter status, make a plan to vote because um, COVID can be fought. It can be fought. Anyway, um, NCAA. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's turn to another boogeyman. Let's uh, stay on COVID, shall we? Uh, so. Well, we're going to take a, a, a slight kind of sort of break from COVID, but the fact it's that it's COVID is in disguise, that the COVID it literally infiltrates every part of life right now. So uh, as we mentioned, it seems that college basketball is going to happen because the NCAA has filed a trademark <laughs> asshole <laughs> for battle in the bubble, which I love the idea. All right, let, hold on. I'm going to get on my rent in a second. So. Uh, this indicates that uh, that the NCAA has at least indi- has a belief that they will have a, a, a what we historically call March Madness TBD on when it's played, um, but that they are going to have a tournament, and uh, this this trademark would cover it, and it for me uh, is infuriating because. They have trademarked something that is so that they can use it exclusively or sell rights to it for a scenario in which they have players in isolation getting tested regularly so the NCAA and its member institutions can profit off of the tournament. Now, I am fully aware that the House of Cards may fall apart if we don't have a March Madness. It is very detrimental to mid-major conferences. But holy shit, that you're going to make money on a pandemic phrase? Plum, I'll turn it to you. I want to be clear that um, NCAA President Mark Emmert was uh, actually the original bubble boy. Um, and that uh, lack of 
uh, again, I talked about social cohesion a moment ago, that lack of proper socialization with children in his cohort, his age group from a young age has permanently stunted him. And in fact, all other members of the NCAA uh, governing councils, uh, they are about as savvy and uh, socially adjusted as you would expect from the leaders of an organization as ineffective and useless as the NCAA. I would expect the NCAA to know its audience. Like college basketball fans are one of the highest educated and most generally dot yeah, not dummies. Um yeah, group of of uh sports fans. And I know that a lot of times these things are trademarked and then never used. They're just kept in the back pocket. But oh, but this one. <laughs> the idea that there is any universe that they would use this and put it on a t-shirt and remind everyone of this fact is gross. Yeah. It's, it's a flawed, flawed concept. But if we want to be happy about it, it does indicate that they are pretty adamant that they're going to have a tournament. And again, with Um, enough testing, it, it would be easily done. I mean, this is the thing that we should be looking forward to. This is the thing we should be. It's fun to make fun of the NCAA because it's just such a low bar. But at the same time, <laughs> I, I, I'm legitimately excited about it. This is the kind of planning, and again, with the right number of tests. Heck, the NCAA shouldn't need to go, and the Big Ten for that matter, should not need to go to some government stockpile. They could be reaching out to pharmaceuticals like Abbott Labs, others that are designing these tests, get their own equipment, and get as many testing kits as they can. I mean, it, it literally is a question of manufacturing and a question of demand. So if you put even more free market resources behind it and you're buying these things on the, on the, uh, in the market, I mean, just a free market, then you will, you'll generate more manufacturing. You'll generate, generate more access to the tests and more access to the machines that can, that can, uh, can run the results. These are well-equipped universities to do this with very brilliant researchers. So it's, it's all there. It's literally within our fingertips reach. It's just a question of full investment. What would you guys, would you, would you guys be in favor if there was a model for we'll just stick with the Big Ten basketball, where they do one week on, one week off. They go, the whole Big Ten goes to Indianapolis, we'll say, because that's where the Big Ten championships, the best ones, the best tournaments happen. Where they, the whole, all 14 teams go for the week and they play in the field house and they broadcast the games and they just do like a round robin for one whole week. So MSU plays, we'll say three games or four games. And then they all go home, all back to their respective campuses for a week. And then they take a test, go to bed, and everyone that passes gets on the bus again and then goes back to Indianapolis and is in a bubble for a week. Learning during the day, doing remote classes during the day, playing games in the evenings. Would you be willing to accept that kind of a a Big Ten basketball season absolutely why not not only would i be willing to accept it i would be excited about it i mean that would any any idea is a good idea at this point is that asking too much of student athletes uh some some kind of approach like that i think if you ask the student athletes they will tell you we just want to play okay and and i and i think in that scenario uh that's give or take three games a night, two to three games a night for that week on, right? Like the big 10 is broadcasting two to three games a night. 
Sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, there's 14 teams, so that's seven potential games. So let's say there's 21 games that get played in five days or something like that. The Big Ten Network can can show some. ESPN can show the rest. Yep. Or opposite is what we would probably uh, say. And then <laughs> you've got basketball on TV. And the student athletes are playing in the evenings and they're going to class during the day and practicing. Each team would need some kind of specified practice environment in Indianapolis. That might be tricky. We need 14 of them. 14 barns in Indiana. Um, I mean, I don't know. How, is that, how is that substantially different than when they go to Hawaii or the Battle for Atlantis, right? Like it, it's, it's sustained over the course of two months or something sure. like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to deny that. I mean, you know, you would, yeah, it's, it's over the course of two months, but you know, if you're, if you make March madness and you make a deep run, you're in that for a while. You've done a couple of tournaments in the, you know, in the preseason. I, I know they will want to do it. Yeah. And the fact that they've already submitted to this much COVID testing, by the way, I think at this point in time, you're probably like, whatever, I'll do more. Um, that said, anyone who doesn't want to play, I'm fine with that too. Yeah. You know, they've got to have, they've got to have confidence in the system. And I, and I think we shouldn't belabor this too much longer, but the, the, the hallmark here that is, we touched on this last week and the the contrast is quite stark already. It, it is easy to dump on the NCAA for, for registering a trademark that is profiting off of sending student athletes into a, a pathologic or a, not a pathologic, a pathogenic war zone. Um, but it is clear that the NCAA has a plan for college basketball and is, and is putting the impetus on the conferences to let's, we will work with you to get this right. And that is a stark contrast from football. Uh, and so that is encouraging. And it gives me hope that November 25th, we will see some college basketball. So uh, let's move on to more COVID. Um, <laughs> Maybe we cut down on this segment. If yeah, we we'll, enough COVID. We'll, we'll run through real fast because it is a giant CF through college campuses. And as we mentioned in the top, it is a relief to know that Michigan State has a university president who has an MD from Harvard and is specialized in epidemiology. Dr. Samuel uh, Bam- Stanley. <laughs> Bama last week, COVID tied, uh, had 500 students who had tested positive for COVID-19. It is now up to 1,000. Iowa, the state of, is between Ames and Iowa City where ISU and Iowa University of Iowa are located are among the largest hotspots in the world. University of Iowa had 900 cases two days ago as of recording. We are recording on a Wednesday night and is now up to over 1,100. Most alarming, though, about this is that only 24 students are in quarantine and 78 in self-isolation. I don't know how that math works out. Uh, Iowa State University has inexplicably decided that they're going to have people in the stadium for their football games at 40% of the capacity. Um, 
stating though, if our mitigation actions are successful, because they're going to require socially distanced uh, viewing and masks, we will allow all season ticket purchasers to attend the Oklahoma game on October 3rd. However, if we determine that mitigation measures are not followed adequately at the first game, we will have no fans at future games, beginning with Oklahoma, really uh, dangling the Oklahoma. I'm just going to run through these guys, and then we can talk about it briefly. Oof. Is this a self-own? Like, does Iowa State have so few season ticket holders that they would only occupy 40% of the stadium? Yeah, the the 40% is about 25,000. So it, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a huge stadium, but, uh, Iowa, uh, th- their governor has taken zero, zero public health measures. Um, I mean, it is alarming yet is now floating the idea that because we're going to, uh, blame young people, uh, uh, that the governor is now talking about raising the drinking age in the state of Iowa. Uh, to combat the spread of COVID, yet will not implement a mask mandate for the state. Moving on briefly, Illinois is also trending towards a disaster. 400 new cases since classes began. They do note that on that trend, there would be 8,000 cases by the end of the semester. And that also means Illinois would have to be quarantining up to 300 to 400 people per day. Uh, we're going to get into some financial woes in a second, but Plum, what the hell are we doing? Let me just, I, I have to ask this question. Why is it that we entrust Iowa with the first contest of the presidential nominating experience with this? And, and Alabama, by the way, the state that almost elected a child predator to the United States Senate and sent that man to the chief justice ship of their, I mean, Supreme Court. <laughs> you were out of words. You were out of words. Um, if I may, just to be positive. Alex is I broken. Think, I think MSU deserves some credit. It no, that's got, what I'm saying. That's what I'm the, saying. The administration got handed itself again by the state news editorial board this week for... And airing a grievances about why didn't they just cancel earlier? Well, the answer is that there's huge, huge financial pressures to have a school year on campus. And you're seeing this across the yep. Big Ten. All these other schools are attempting it, and it's not working out. I understand that MSU's rollout of this was not perfect, but I think you have got to give the administration some credit for actually a taking good, the measures a lot of that it already has. And I, I know that it has not been fashionable to give the MSU administration credit for anything over the last four yeah. years. And, and a lot of a lot of it has been earned, almost all of it. But you have got to give Sam Stanley some credit for looking what is going to be a very difficult financial situation in the eye and saying, yep. no, we're going to cancel. Right. And you can't just cancel midway through the summer. You also have to hold out a degree of hope that as a country, we could figure this thing out and you could have in-person classes. Now, obviously we haven't and you can't. And all of these universities are going to be going to full online the way that MSU has in the near future. But I disagreed with the editorial board of the state news this week. 
I think you have to thank the administration at MSU for this one. Agreed. Because it, it is a difficult decision to make. And you have to put yourself in that well position. Said. Yeah. Um, so uh, we will wrap her the COVID segments that just get longer uh, with this. <laughs> the Pac-12 is in deep shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and this is just funny to me. Because the Pac-12 network headquartered themselves in San Francisco. And they don't have anything to air, so that's a problem. Uh, But the Pac-12 network is spending five times as much as all other conferences combined in rent alone because of their headquarters in San Francisco, which really does just make you curious what the hell they were thinking. San Francisco doesn't even, it would be akin to the Big Ten Network headquartering themselves in New York City. I mean, you got Berkeley there, but like, does anyone care about Cal? <laughs> no, no. It, it, it is insane. Um, but like Cal could care less that the Pac-12 network is in their backyard. <laughs> they could not no. give any less. Yeah. Nope. Uh, they should have located it somewhere in. Uh, they should have been in Tempe, like they should, or or, or near Oregon State. Like it, they could, hell, Seattle would have been better. Anyway, let's move on uh, to actually something that, as much as we would love the opportunity to dunk on our rivals to the south and University of Michigan, it is a bummer to report that they are facing a one hundred million dollar loss in revenue. Mm-hmm and are eliminating 21 positions and will be leaving empty an additional 15 and implementing salary reductions of five to 10%. The leaders in the best. That's tough. <laughs> it is Also of note, the NCAA is furloughing the majority of its but staff. No uh, one's complaining about that though. Them. I want to be clear that this pod <laughs> is not complaining about that. I, I think we should be, um, it is it is important to say that we do not like anything about the University of Michigan. But, <laughs> but people polio work. vaccine pass. Don't need it. But everything people, else also pass. Don't pe- need it. People work there. And uh, you know, they've got families, presumably they've got they've got obligations. This this stinks. And um and so it is a reminder. I think we we try really hard to humanize the fact that sports and society intersect, and sports and COVID intersect, and and those are all very real things that uh, have real human consequences. And so, you know, it it's just a bummer. And I don't know that these sorts of cuts have been reported at MSU quite yet, but they're going to come. Yep. Um, so. Uh, we'll move to a team trying to make up a loss in revenue. Uh, that is Oklahoma, which is playing their first game against Missouri state. Didn't know that was a school. Uh, and that game will be televised on pay-per-view for 54 99. Uh, get all your friends together in the basement to watch Oklahoma, Missouri state. I, um, I think the, the reason they're demanding this is because they're pretty confident at some point in time they won't be playing anymore. And so they need to rake in the revenue now, which I will just, 
I will add the tag there. It, I will. This is the amendment for where the the bit that we we are going to add to the thing about uh, Central Arkansas and uh, Austin P playing together. Austin P lost their long snapper to COVID. And Wait, did he die? No, no, no. He was out because of COVID. Okay. And okay. so the, at some point in time. I don't keep up on the Austin P long snapper situation. Well, I'm sorry. What was funny about it is that they had to start running a run pass punt option. As in their quarterback became their punter because they couldn't snap to their punter with their center. And so they had to have their quarterback punting the ball, but also reading a pass option off of it. <laughs> <laughs> honestly covid this is an innovation this is a net positive for how football should be played no more punters let's get this australians out of the game yeah. and let's have the quarterback have to be the punter also. oh he's got trouble with the ball times <laughs> we're going back to doug flutie times baby yeah all right uh last thing off grand river because uh, we are definitely long and we have a lot of Twitter questions. And so let's just, maybe we'll just flag this for people and say a couple quick things. So the intercollegiate uh, came out with an article today, which I, I think we all at least skimmed or read that is worthy of a deeper dive. Uh, they FOIA'd a ton of team rule books. So, you know, student athletes have a myriad of, of, forms they have to sign and things they have to agree to. And these are just team rule books and they are across sports across, um, you know, so you, you get everything from tennis to golf, to football, to basketball, uh, men's women's the gambit and came out with some revelations that some, uh, that some speak to sort of minutia, uh, of, of rules and some speak to a weird level of control the the tease at the beginning about Chris Ash being a worse person than you realized was um, Chris Ash, former head coach of Rutgers football, is that if a if a student athlete, a football player missed a tutoring session, they had to pay a one hundred twenty five dollar fine, and that had to be paid to the athletics department. Cash, check, this or credit feels- card? Yes, indeed, the, indeed. <laughs> PayPal. Chris Chris Ash is not a monster. Okay, he's got Venmo. Sage of yeah. New Jersey. Uh, that, but those those memo lines were interesting to oh, say the yeah. least. <laughs> yes, but the idea that you were essentially taxing unpaid student athletes is insane. Um, I cannot believe that this was not an NCAA well, violation. <laughs> there aren't any rules against the university. Like that's. That's bananas to me. I can't believe that's possible. Yes, it feels you can't buy a student athlete McDonald's, but you can do this to them. Yeah, it is insane. Uh, Plum, what did you think of the article? Elucidating. I thought it was great. Uh, They talked a lot about uh, no dating on the team, which on first blush makes a lot of sense. I mean, you want to talk about team cohesion and if you're dating a teammate, you know, you that there could be some problems. Some of them went so far as to prevent you from dating a team's uh, uh, one of your teammates' exes, for example. And obviously we shouldn't be dating yes. the management and stuff, but uh it, it got a little dicey because it was definitely only geared toward women. There seemed to be some sort of problem that a lot of these schools have with lesbians, especially lesbian basketball players. Like girls, you can box out, but only on the court. You know, that's kind of one of those weird 
lines where I just feel like you have to be really careful. And, and the sentiment is probably not wrong. And I think on one hand, good that they acknowledged it. And, and several of them said, we're not judging your sexual orientation. Uh, but uh, you're walking a really fine line there. So that one was tricky. There were a couple others that, that jumped out. Um, they only found six rule books that had English only rules. Uh, they didn't say where I'm sure they were in the deep South, but interestingly, five of those six rule books had to do with tennis and, you know, tennis squads end up getting more international students than most other sports. So there's something really striking about that. And what does that mean? That we're willing to take you for your skill set, but Hey, if you don't speak good English, you're not going to be welcome here much longer. Uh, so uh, weird things like that. It, I, I didn't get to read the whole thing. Can't date your, your teammates exes. Did they call that the, uh, the Chris Allen clause? Joey um, <laughs> Freshwater. Uh, i mean i know that's not true he's denied it several times i'm just demonstrating my knowledge uh no no rules against sleeping with sharks though um so i it it is a we will move on but it is a a deeply fascinating read that i think is worth flagging for people uh because it does for instance uh talk about disparate treatment of alcohol consumption in that women are far far more likely to have rules uh, constraining their legal consumption of alcohol than men are. Um, their men and women's basketball were most likely to tell student athletes where they have to sit in class. I mean, it is a, a bizarro level of control and some of the rules make a great deal of sense. Uh, for instance, you know, there are rules against, and I forget the term for it, but when you tape around your cleat in football, that, uh, you know, explicitly mentioned, uh, if you do that, Nike will pull our sponsorship. Um, and so, you know, there's some sense to it, but some of it was weird. Um, and so worth checking out because, uh, these are also people. Uh, so with that, we'll move to our real sponsor for the episode. That is Brandon Sands. You know, Brandon, if you don't, you should. He's a mortgage loan originator uh, who has closed over 10,000 loans and works with one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country, guaranteed rate. Brandon sets himself apart because he has a consultative approach that is a no fee, no obligation. You're looking to buy a home. You're looking to refinance a home, whatever. He'll sit down with you, talk about what your long-term goals are, short-term goals, what your credit is, your paycheck situation, and we'll discuss the the products which feels weird for money, uh, but products that he has available for you to enjoy. Mortgage rates are near historical lows. Uh, these are exceptionally low rates, and anyone with a rate of 4% or higher on their current home should definitely look into a refi. So if you want to get in touch with Brandon, who will happily save you hundreds, potentially thousands on your mortgage, or you know, if you want to consolidate some other debt in there, uh, you should reach out to him at rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's R-A-T-E dot com backslash Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. Join me in saving hundreds, hundreds of dollars a month. With Join Brandon you? Sands. Join me. We're moving forward. Wow. You are? We're moving forward. Oh, this is, you got, you got a, you got a cosign on this, right? No pun intended. Oh, Save I all. just did. Yeah. My experience with Brandon Sands has been fantastic. Consummate professional. Uh, I did ask him to get blackout drunk. He did. Um, <laughs> and that's my whole measure of a man. So we're in good shape. 
Well, uh, I didn't want to bring this up last week because, you know, I didn't want people to think we were peddling nonsense. But uh, Greg uh, did reach out to Brandon, and it sounds like match made in heaven. Anyway, let's move to uh, sports with a Z, terms with a Z, 101. No dumb questions, just dumb hosts. Uh, Could have been terms with an E, Mm. Michael. Terms with an E. Sports with a Z, terms with an E. Come all right. Anyway, oh god, oh, it's right there. It's, Look, it's even written out in front of you, gents. Oh. We invited people to send in sports-related questions about terminology, schemes, tactics, culture, etc. Whatever they didn't know that maybe was something you know you heard on a broadcast, you heard people talk about, you heard us talk about, and you were like, I have no idea what that means. Um, we, our DMs are open on Twitter. Uh, and and we invited people to email us at can't read can't write eighteen fifty five at gmail.com. The idea being that there are no dumb questions. It's anonymous. You you can ask us, and we will answer your question and give a, as much sort of knowledge as we can give. And if for some reason someone asks a question that we don't feel comfortable asking, we will get an expert. Um, so, uh, Greg, what question do we have this week? Uh, thank you for the, the expert. Uh, this week's question, Michael Jones, is about the pocket in football. The pocket. Yes. What does it mean to be in the pocket? Yes, 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 yes. Football's hottest term is the pocket. Um, okay. So the pocket is basically, you know, your offensive line, right? Right Give in the breakdown. middle. Give a breakdown on what it is. Because I Ooh. think last week I started throwing out terms on the offensive line. And right. I, I got a little ahead of myself. On paper. There are five gentlemen that walk up to the offensive, the line of scrimmage in front of the quarterback, and they put their hand down. That's your offensive line. In the middle of that five, you have the center. To his left and his right, you have the guards. And then to the left and the right of them, you have the tackles. So it's tackle, guard, center, guard, tackle. And then obviously like a tight end might come around or might not or whatever the case may be. They don't have their hand down, so they don't matter. So imagine uh, those five guys as your wall. Now, when you hear in uh, commentary about the pocket and the pocket collapsing, what happens is those five guys stop the defense from getting to the quarterback when they have the ball. So when the pocket is collapsing, it's some kind of issue, either because of a double team or because one of those five guys is having difficulty with his blocking assignment. Um, The pocket can collapse. A defensive player can get in there and to the quarterback before he's thrown the ball. So the pocket can mean that. It can just be the space provided by that those five players to protect the quarterback. But there's another definition of the pocket. The rules definition. I would also sort of add before you get to the rules definition that oftentimes, right, the you will see the tackles. That is the the gentleman on the farthest sides of the offensive line. Yes. Fall farther back. Yes. And the sort of guards are a little bit staggered, so it literally looks a bit like the outline of a pocket. And the, the and the quarterback yes. is sort of sitting, to borrow a phrase, sitting in the pocket. So the tackles are falling back almost parallel with the quarterback. The guards are sort of slightly staggered, and your center, in theory, is kind of holding up the front. 
So I would just add sort of the visualization of how that that works. The guards are going to, or the tackles are going to push people out and back. Guards try and keep people in front. Anyway, I just wanted to add that sort of visualization. Yes, thank you. Uh, it's like the bubble that's provided from the defense. Um, yes, the bubble. Let's let's cover it all the time. The other definition is actually easier. So there's the rules definition of if the quarterback is intentionally grounding the ball, and that's an entirely separate thing, but it requires him to be inside the pocket to be able to ground the ball, right? Or no, opposite. Whatever it is. He doesn't ground it once he's outside of it. Exactly. Opposite. Um, That is very straightforward. So the tackle on the left and the tackle on the right are on the line of scrimmage. So basically you can draw a line going ad infinium all the way back. It goes back into the stands. It goes back into the parking lot. It goes, it doesn't matter how far back. It's the rectangle that's formed by the two tackles at the line of scrimmage going all the way back down the field. As long wherever after the ball is snapped, wherever the tackles go, wherever the the rest of the offensive line goes, as long as the quarterback remains in that rectangle behind where the tackles were, um, when the ball was snapped, the quarterback is in the pocket. Bingo, bango, bongo. There we go. I hope that helps. If you need further clarification on anything we said, of course, you can reach us in our DMs at Twitter, which is Spartan underscore pod, or email us at can't read, can't write 1855 at gmail.com. I hope this segment is at least mildly interesting to people or fun. Uh, send us your questions. Hockey, football, basketball, uh, plum. You got some soccer expertise, so yeah, throwing throw the the European football. Yep. Um, and I, I would just say that was a great question. Thank you. And yeah. it can be confusing because there are multiple definitions uh, for the for the word. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, two questions so far have been great questions. So let's move to our Twitter questions, where they are uh, usually less substantive, more personal, in uncomfortable ways. Starting with the Upper Deck Jerk guy, whose first question is, "What's your blood type?" I don't know. How do I you find out? You have you ever donated blood? I I'm. I'm bad. Oh, I'm bad. Oh, no, I've never done How that. bad are you? <laughs> uh, so I know my son's blood type, uh, which clues me in to, would, would have clued me in if it weren't, I could be anything. <laughs> I'm A positive. He, my son is O negative. Guy. A positive. All right. There you go. All right. Wait, uh, your son's O negative? He is. He's a universal donor, so he'll be a better person than me because I will make him donate blood. No. Wait, no. Doesn't that give you some indication? Because don't you... Do we... We don't need to get into phenotypes No, right let's now. let's go into the Punnett squares. Oh Come on. Let's draw them up. We've been waiting to say Punnett squares since this podcast debuted. No, because <laughs> it means that, that I could be... I could be anything but AB. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, anyway, next question. <laughs> God, this podcast has gone off the rails. <laughs> Are you part of the shadowy cabal that controls Biden? I wish. Plum, do we control Biden? 
Uh, no answer. Uh, <laughs> I think we are all going to uh, continue to do advocation work no matter the results of the election. Um, next question. Uh, what is Greek's mother's maiden name? <laughs> I know that he's trying to hack into our accounts to get back on here, but uh, just to bridge the gap between this question and the last, my mother's maiden name is Rothschild. Wait, really? Try it. <laughs> Try it in all of my accounts. <laughs> uh, next question. You had your highest ratings ever when I was on. Not true. What <laughs> is not true. <laughs> what will you pay me to do it again? Uh, honestly, I, I, we had a lot of fun doing that when he hacked us. People continue to ask us, do we know who he is? And really, the fact of the matter is, he gave us fake email addresses. Yes. I love that he took the time to create fake email. <laughs> that is a real thing that happened. And so, uh, uh, you know, we will we will have you on again. I am certain at some point because it was a blast. Um, next up, Elin Bloom. Who's your favorite sports announcer? Who's your least favorite? Uh, Plum, yeah, Plum. This this feels right for you. Touchdown, MSU. Gotta oh, be God, George. That's Bra. all right. So there's gotta be. There you go. That's easy. Do you uh, watch him? Do you watch him when he does Pistons games? Uh, no, because he's not as good. <laughs> yeah, no. And my least, my uh, favorite, who's your least favorite uh, is is uh, is got to be Dickie V. That's that goes without saying. Um, who did trouble the snap? Uh, what's his name? Super good. Yeah, the guy from Michigan, all yeah, Michigan radio guy. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. He's uh, an ESPN oh. guy. Wait, no, he isn't. Is he? Yeah, that was an ESPN game. We're not going to look it up right now, but he's super good. Um, Sean McDonough? Yes. Yes, Sean McDonough. Yeah. Yeah, So that that is, I think, by default, my favorite. Uh, Dockage? Dockage. Dockage is my least favorite. Just the the fact that Donahue knew Jalen Watts Jackson's name in that instant, Mm -hmm. just from his number, he was able to. Consummate pro. Like, what a pro, dude. Unbelievably good. Um, no, no offense to Jalen Watts Jackson, but I didn't know what your name was before that. <laughs> uh, all right. Next question for me, Lynn Bloom is, would you go and watch basketball in a bubble? What conditions would have to be in place? And Plum, I think I want to toss this to you because it presumes that there's a bubble in which you can go. You watch, can go watch, <laughs> which I think, I think we can all agree violates the very definition of a bubble. So I I think the question is what conditions would have to be in place for you or someone like you who maybe wants to brag about the seats they had during a bubble on a future podcast Mm. to go view a game in a bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. uh, You, you, there aren't any conditions that would allow you. It can't be, you can't have a bubble that has people in it. So that's the first answer. Now, what conditions could it? Sure. You can wait, hold on. I'll give you one. Same set of fans, rapid result testing, 15 minutes, and then you're in the door. Um, 
that's no longer a bubble though that's that's a that we wouldn't consider the bubble we would just consider that at a, a highly advanced state of testing which this country has the all capacity right. to live into damn it all right all right so that but you but you did don't you step did to him on this. you did identify the appropriate condition that's exactly what it would take or everybody gets their own plastic bubble which they sort of roll into the stadium through i imagine some novelty sized door and uh, everyone's seat is not a seat. It's just a bubble, a bubble space. How do you pass your fanny pack to the security guard that way? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Next question from Elon Bloom. What's your favorite Shakespeare work? Greg, do you have one? Uh, I'm actually looking across the room at my different Shakespeare plays that I had to buy for one of my classes in college. I'm going to go Merchant of Venice on this one. Yeah, if you can escape the uh, anti-Semitism, it is. No, I, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, seriously, if, if you can escape the anti-Semitism, it is, I think, one of his better ones. Uh, I'd put, I'm a big Macbeth, a big Macbeth guy. Plum, what do you got? Comedy Bears. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Quite good. Okay. The bard himself. Um, all right. Um who will be the top star for the Spartan basketball team this year is the last question from Elon Bloom. Uh, Greg, what do you think? Well, I mean, we know who's going to be dominating the ball. <laughs> Rocket is going to insert himself into that, into that conversation, right? Like we've said it last season. We'll say it again. Prepare for a different brand of Spartan basketball that is going to be Rocket Watts dominated. Yeah, we got some uh, Rocket questions coming up later. Uh, Plum, do you have someone other than Rocket that you're into? I mean, insofar as you guys were already wrong once about basketball, I'm not going to be ashamed to admit that it will be Stevie Izzo who steps up and is the top star for Spartan basketball this year. I I don't know that he's going to be top, but I I am excited about Julius Marble. I like I that is the guy that I am most excited to watch. Um, Plum. Did I hear a beer beer bottle crack open? Beer bottles they just don't have the same kind of like ring to them. No, that was actually pretty good audio off of one. Anyway, yeah. next up, Anthony Garvert. Good all right, classic question. Welcome back, Garv, by the yes, way. Good we to missed have you, you. My man. Yes. Uh this is a great question. What alternate helmet needs to happen most for MSU that is not currently in their rotation? I think this is a three answer question. Plum, I'll sw- send to you first. I, I don't have an answer to that question. I'm sorry. Yikes. All right, move on. Grek, you? Uh, there are people that have uh, mocked up gruff Sparty helmets that are fetching, but I also really like, and Jonesy, you'll remember this because it's from your all-time favorite game, which was a loss, the uh, 60s throwback helmets that were last worn during the Notre Dame game, the Drew Stanton Notre Dame game. I thought those were sharp. I like that Sparty as well. What do you got? What do you, what came to mind for you? I, I want a black. I want a black and green. And I think a, a black and green that is like Spartan green, not neon nonsense. But I want a black helmet with a classic Spartan helm. Uh, maybe matte black. I could be, I could be talked into it, but I don't think I want the matte black. I think that's what I'm into. Do you want the Spartan in green or do you want it in white? I want it in green. I, I think that's I think that's slick. Okay. Um, next up. <laughs> all right. Uh, hypothetically, 
I'm looking to further saturate the amount of MSU podcasts by starting my own. What should I call it? And what is a piece of advice you would give me? Uh, I'm going to start this one first by saying, I'm, I'm going to answer the, the back half of it. Anthony, I think we've talked about some of our podcast pieces in questions. But if you are seriously considering uh, starting up your own podcast, uh, we would be more than happy to have a very serious off-air conversation about things we've learned. Right, Greg? We'd be willing to volunteer that information. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other piece of advice I could give you is just join the Can't Read, Can't Write network of podcasts. That would be the other piece. Because, again, national brand approaches us. And if we have more listeners, uh, we'll take them how we can get them. Uh, but, uh, Greg, what would you call it? I'm trying to come up with something off of Anthony Gervert as a name. Um, Anthony Hall? Something like that? I don't know. Nope, that's bad. Plum. It's an actual hall on campus. I, I, that's that's too neat. That's too neat. I tried. I tried. That's too neat. You should try, try something really like uh, don't read, don't write. You know, that's kind of clever. <laughs> oh. We will sue you. Next up. Uh, <laughs> it's derivative, Garbert. Uh, all right. This is a, uh, but seriously, do reach out if you want some advice. We'll, we'd be happy to share what we've learned because I do think we have the best sounding podcast uh, in all of uh, Spartan podcasts. He says this, but I'm not sure about how his feed sounds right now. So we'll see what. It, how yeah, it don't forget to get next. yourself a public health expert. Wink, wink. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next up is what are your thoughts on actually having Tom a Tom Izzo team that does press defense? Uh Plum. Um, I want to just go ahead and ask uh, Greg to put press defense on the no stupid questions uh, section for next week. <laughs> Thanks. I, I think MSU fans just saw one uh, Syracuse game three years ago and they're like, well, we just need to do that. That's zone. Um, That's zone. That's not press. It's press zone. Oh, God. They press. Do they, they? press? Yeah, they play. Those they seven play dudes can't run fast enough to. MSU will never, never play a press defense uh, because Tom Izzo really, really likes the half court and he really, really likes his help, man. So it's not going to happen. Tom Izzo flirts a press defense every year. Every year he flirts it. I can't remember a single time where we really... I think there was one year where he did it some and... I would just say this, that for the amount that Tom Izzo wants to run, I don't think press helps him do that. No. He's got to be so deep to be able to press that hard and run the entire time. If he wants to do a three-quarters press, fine. But I, I just, I don't think Tom Izzo actually has a help, has a press defense. To your, to your point, Greg, the, the help defense doesn't really compute with that. I don't see it happening. Uh, so my... Hard pass. He has good defenses, right? Mm -hmm. Like, wh why change? Defense is so rarely the problem with <laughs> MSU teams. Why change? Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question is, the year is 2030. Curtis Blackwell is attempting his 50th lawsuit <laughs> on Coach D'Antonio. Hashtag chase it. Nice. <laughs> does, he finally, does he finally pull it off this time around, or does he just uh, give up the hashtag relentless, uh, hashtag relentless hashtag heave? Um, uh, we need something else. What are the other ones? Um, I, you know, 
I think <laughs> hashtag he, I find think the inches. Be, yeah, he's got to find the inches, and then you know he clearly gonna, needs to find the inches. You know what I mean? He's gonna, uh, you know, hashtag mousetrap, and that'll be it. That'll that'll be the last one. Hashtag can he get fifty um, lawyers disbarred for playing this? <laughs> Uh, next up is Jer Bear. What parents have plumb mad today? Was the fact that, uh, that parents think they deserve to know everything about their child news? Asking for a FERPA friend. For those who don't know FERPA, I don't know the acronym, but is the act that prevents essentially parents uh, and others from finding out about the academic records of uh, student of, of uh, not athletes of, of just students. I believe it's the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act. Uh, mm. But I wasn't an RA for three years or anything. <laughs> Let me tell you what parents have yeah. me mad today, Jerbear. Gross Point, Michigan uh, parents decided on Sunday to protest the Gross Point Public School System's back-to-school plan, uh, while you had a ton of Detroit parents protesting against making their kids go back to school because of how terrified they are about their kids getting sick and passing it on to them. The Gross Point parents, with all of the privilege in the world, are upset that their kids aren't going back to school because, as they like to say, the risk to my kid not being in school far outweighs the risk of COVID. Now, these people live in such a bubble themselves. They are the absolute worst embodiment of entitlement, and they should be ashamed of themselves. But they don't know shame. They're too rich to. So I guess all we can hope <laughs> for them is that despite their best efforts, their children remain healthy, and these people just get terrible headaches because what badness. Blech. We can add to the list of that, uh, I'm sure, parents who let their kids go to the largely white protest to let them play. Oh, God, that uh, was pathetic, too. Yeah, which, you know, if you're going to send your kid to a protest to, to have them let them play, have your kid wear a mask. Oh, that was, no, I can't. Like, like, like I mean, to, to solely show, I have the responsibility to do what's necessary. Anyway, moving on. CT and TC. Yeah. When was the last time you went to a midnight showing of a movie and what was it, Grek? What do you got? God, I can't even think of this. Like, the, the term midnight showing has been debased so far. Now midnight showing is like, it comes out on a Thursday, but we're going to show it on a Tuesday at 6 p.m. You know, but it's a limited release. Did you I, ever go to a, a midnight showing at the uh, State Theater? I don't think so. I went to a couple midnight showings in high school, but I, I can't think of one since then. What about you? Same. Uh, I can't think. I, I know in college I did go to some midnight showings at the, at the State Theater, but I don't remember what they were. Uh, that is a an, an Ann Arbor shout out, CT. Um, Plum, you got anything? I sure do. Uh, let's do the time warp again. You know what that's from? The Rocky Horror Picture no. Show. Wow, you guys are very devastatingly uh, upsetting. Uh, October, I'm guessing 2012, I went and dressed up as Dr. Frank E. Furter, and we went to a midnight showing of Rocky Horror Picture Show and did the time warp in the uh, aisles of the theater. It was great. It's supposed right. to be a good time. I've heard good things. This is going to be a very quick round robin question. What toppings are on the perfect hot dog plum go? Brown mustard onions, and relish. That's it. Great. Great. Greg? 
with all due respect to the Coney dog, Chicago dog toppings. Chicago what does that mean? So you got your neon relish, you've got your celery salt, you've got your full pickle spear, you've got your diced tomatoes. This is not you've a, got I'm your too much. yellow. Tomatoes. You've got your yellow. Mustard. I'm getting off the pot now. I can't. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I this is going to gross people out. I'm sure, but mayo is indispensable on a hot dog. Oh my god! Oh my god! Brown Brown you got nothing for this? Like brown you you were leaving the podcast for my really, stuff, but mayo on a hot dog? Really, you're just letting that go? I really like mayonnaise. Oh, I'm like 10% you, mayonnaise. <laughs> you people uh, disgust me. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is a bit of a, a trek because this tracked a lot of conversation. I think it's worth mentioning. He says, am I right to have some skepticism of Rocket Watts shooting? Uh, Anthony Garvert says, yes, sort of. We don't have the whole body of work. He was not healthy the first part of the last season. When Big Ten play got rolling, so did Rocket. CT responds, I made this point earlier, but everyone points to his last four games being a breakout. He still shot 30% from three on nine per game during those four games. Also crazy, at no time during uh, during his career did Cassius shoot 36 threes over a four-game stretch. Fair point. Anthony responds, Cassius and Rocket are vastly different players. Cash picked his shots more carefully. Rocket is a volume shooter. Um, CT says, I know, but Winston was shooting damn near 50% from three one year. Probably should have shot even more. Yeah, his sophomore year, by the way, when Jaron Jackson and... and yeah, uh, I mean, the threats inside were insane. Yes. But uh, uh, the, the answer to the question is yes. I think there is reason to be skeptical of Rocket's shooting. I don't think he's ever shot even close to 40%. I think his top is something like 33 to 35, depending on where you're cutting and how you're setting up those shots. So, uh, yeah, I think it's fair. Is it going to lose us games? I don't know, but. Going to get marble getting those offensive rebounds inside. I, I think I've even seen some breakdowns that he shoots way better off the ball than on the ball, which is its own concern because presumably most of his shots will be shots that he's generating or shots that are happening in transition um, because there is not a whole lot that we have proven for um, backup point guard. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see where this goes. But, I, uh, I saw some clip of AJ Hogard, and dude looks sick. Well, we'll see how he plays against big time competition and probably big time competition in a bubble. Plum? Uh, yeah, I, I would say ahead? yes, we should be skeptical. First, I don't like answering this question because I feel like it was already answered by the gentlemen themselves. And I feel like if the kids are going to answer their own question, they don't need daddy to respond. But I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. It's one thing to be throwing up shots left and right when the game doesn't depend on you. And knowing that you have cash in your back pocket to be able to bail you out is one thing. Uh, When when we're only looking to you and you're a volume shooter, I'm much, much, much less confident because I can't have games depend on you like that. And I think time is shoots himself in the foot. He does this with players sometimes. And that inconsistency kills us. We do lose games because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so last question from CT is if mass, if, if MSU basketball said all of our games will be on pay-per-view <laughs> hat tip to Oklahoma, what is the most you'd pay per game for big 10 games? Uh, 
Plum, I'll send this to you oh first. My God. I mean, for like, do I have to like come up with a flat rate that I would pay? Because, like, like, do I get to choose which games or like, is this ever? Because some games are worth more to me than others, yeah. right? Does yeah. Uh, so I think I think yeah, average this out. I think that's the best way to answer it. So are you telling me you're not paying the same amount for Indiana that you're paying for for Northwestern? Is that what you're um, telling really, me? Really, right I pay the most for Rutgers, but that's neither here nor there. Um, of course, I, I think on average, I would probably pay up to $65 per game on average. Whoa. Damn dude. I'll borrow that password. Um, basketball. We're, we're just, we're just going to go to your place to watch these games. Yeah. Uh, I'll go on the record as saying that I'm open to entering some kind of, uh, co-op for, for the privileges of that, that password. Would you go, would you go COVID unsafe? No. To have people like come over and, and share. No, that's a no. That's right. not going to happen. <laughs> All right. Raymond Chains. Good question here. So what's going to happen to D1 college football if different conferences are playing at different times of the year? Splits, new divisions, what? Mm. Greg, what do you think? I mean, particularly if, if, if any of the rumors are remotely true and the Big Ten starts earlier than January. Let's say November 25. How do you think that plays into the college football playoff, et cetera? Well, the, the problem is the NCAA doesn't, con- doesn't control the, uh, the college football playoff, right? That's my understanding. So it's uh, entirely out of their hands, and it could be decided before the Big Ten even takes a snap. So I, I think that the most likely thing is there's an abbreviated Big Ten schedule you play all of your divisional opponents and then you play some kind of big 10 championship game. Um, so I'm guessing divisions will actually pay, play a much larger role in this season than usual, but I could be wrong about that. I also what think we have think? a throwback to when, uh, you know, most U of M uh, national championships are claimed, which is just to say that it's, you know, a free for all. So the big 10 will happen. Let's say OSU runs the table. They're going to claim a natty. You know, they're going to claim a natty. Even though they didn't play I mean, anyone else. Central Florida or whatever it is claimed a natty for their undefeated season. Deserved. Season. Why not? Uh, Plum. Next question from Raymond Chains. What East Lansing restaurant do you miss most? You already know the answer to this. Everyone knows the answer to this. It's the peanut barrel. Come on. That's not even a question. Is that a question? Yeah. With all due respect to Crunchies, it's more a bar. Oh, than for a sure. Restaurant. Yeah, you wouldn't consider uh, that a restaurant. Gumbies. Gumbies. <laughs> okay. I need some man, sticks. The man is he's, drunk. He's Moving on. Uh, this week on the D'Antonio Show, the coach yes. humors some nerds in East Lansing by joining them for an evening of D&D, or the D tries marijuana for the first time and decides to <laughs> Greg, you know this is for you. What is I it? Love, coach I love the idea of Coach D sitting down with his stern expression and being like, role playing, being like, I'm a bard. Yeah. What what what's my attack face? All right. Attack. I, oh, uh, wow. You use some you use some lingo there. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually wrong lingo, by the way. It is. Because I don't care. Uh, that much about the minutia of the game. Um, 
I think I like the idea of Coach D smoking weed nonstop, thinking like it hasn't hit me yet. And it just never does because he's so stoic that it trumps everything. I and like an accidental I like an accidental ed- accidental edible by Coach D. Mm. Uh Plum, what do you think? Uh no, yeah. The idea that he hasn't tried marijuana yet is an absolute joke. He's tried it multiple times and to the point it has had no effect, so he doesn't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the picture of him at South Carolina? That <laughs> dude. No. And anytime he's ever smiled, he has been blasted out of his mind. That's 100% true. Uh, last question from Raymond Chains is, is Stella Artois a respectable beer choice plum? What do you I got? I think so. If for no other reason than the glasses it's often served in are some of the classiest around. Greg, would you agree? The Shellis. You know, that nice little like, uh, top. The, the Stella Artois. I'm going to strong disagree on this. It, it, Stella Artois being served in a classy glass is is akin to Miller High Life insisting that their, their beer be poured in the equivalent of a champagne flute and that that, that, that makes it classy. Stella is a fine beer. It is not a good beer. Respectable? I don't know. Pick your poison on that one, but like... I think Miller Lite's fine also, so, you know. Uh, Verbose Dutch, welcome back for another Twitter question. Two uh, good ones. Is the Big Ten as much of a rudderless ship as it seems right now, or are bogus quote-unquote sources painting a misleading picture, picture Sorry, uh, or is it somewhere in between, right? Plum, what do you think? Is the Big Ten rudderless right no, now? No, President Trump is in full control, and I think that's a great thing for the country <laughs> and for the conference. Uh, I don't yeah, know. It definitely should be the priority. I mean, my God. Uh, you know, I think Kevin Warren has found himself in quite the pickle, and I don't envy the man. Uh, and, you know, to the points we've been making this uh, this pod, uh, if he can get insane numbers of testing supplies uh, at the cost of uh, protecting school children and their teachers and uh, essential healthcare workers, uh, then I guess he'll do that. And maybe he'll make some people happier, but um, he'll have done. He'll his have, job. Maybe that is his job. So, you know, is it rudderless? I don't know. I still am very proud of the big 10 and the PAC 12, I should say for being on the right side of, of, of this question. Yeah. Uh, Greg, what's the best MSU athlete name? Uh, Verbose Dutch chooses Napoleon outlaw. Uh, best names for any athlete. By the way, St. Joe's Rowing has brothers on the squad with the names Slam and Eric Dunkley. First off, Slam and Eric Dunkley sound like characters. Air. Air. Uh, sorry. Slam and Air Dunkley. That was my own privilege that came through there for a moment. Sound like characters from the uh, freeware game, Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. <laughs> Full name, actually... The Tales of Games Presence, Chef Bayardee, <laughs> Barkley, Shut Up and Jam, Guide in Chapter One of the Hoops Barkley Saga, which <laughs> uh, is <just laughs> fantastic. Um, they sound like they should be characters in that game. Not to be confused with its sequel, Barkley, Shut Up and Jam. Wait, where is it? Oh, no, he lost the full oh name God. of the sequel. Hold on, I need oh, it. Oh, I need it. I 
mean it. I think they sound like the Airbus. Magical ones. realms of Tirna Noag, Escape from Necron Seven, Revenge of Kahulamain, <laughs> the official game of the movie Chapter Two of the Who's Monthly Saga. <laughs> Recurring characters. <laughs> Recurring characters. Crowdfunded in 2012. Um. I love that name. Also, Sir Darian Adams, always special yes. place in my heart. But also, Rocky Lombardi is the best football name that we've gotten so far. I know yes. this isn't. And I know we don't want to just say Rocky Lombardi, but that's the truth. I mean, of it. Like, what's the, this is the football namiest of them all. Yes, True. it's absolutely the football namiest of them all. Um, but Sir Darian Adams is... <sighs> Close second. Oh, yeah. so good. Um, and then there's Matt Trannon. You know he played two sports, right? Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's move to Always Thinking 1835. Uh, Plum, I'm going to send this to you because we have a special uh, sort of pranking history together. What's the best prank you've ever pulled or had pulled on you? That, that, I, that wasn't actually the one I was going to go with, but I will go with it. Uh, because in your honor, your honor. Uh Jonesy and I went to Boy State together, a deliciously absurd gathering of high school juniors, rising seniors uh, from high school, uh, who gathered at Breslin back then for a week to pretend to be Brody. Michigan government, Michigan state government. And uh, anyway, best prank we pulled was pennying uh, each other and or uh, other people that had um, somehow perturbed us. Uh, pennying is when you, at least in the Brody dormitories, uh, you lean with all your might against the door. So the door it's closed right inside the it's latched, but you lean against it, creating so much tension. And then you shove pennies into that little space that's created between the door jam and the door itself. And you fit so many pennies. The door, fr- yeah, like the door, frame. the door frame and the door, yeah, like the yeah the the frame and the door itself. So the door is. You could, you haven't opened it. You're just like pushing it. You know, those doors kind of like have a little bit of wiggle in them. And so this isn't like a tight fit. You have, a, you have enough space to probably get one or two pennies, maybe three between that door and the frame. And that creates so much tension on the door that from within the room, you literally can't open it. You, 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 you can't turn the handle because there's so much pressure on the, the door knob latch inside of the the latch the latch recess in this inside the door frame uh that you're literally stuck in your room it's a terrible nightmare if uh if there was a fire for example and you couldn't get out uh <laughs> but it is a it great. is a fun it's a fun game pennying so uh i would say i would i would tack on to that two things one that i actually feel kind of remorseful about um but uh at boy state uh, the best prank that was pulled on me that I did not have a sense of humor about at the time, uh, but someone bought a, a tire pump, you know, like a, like an old school, you pump the, the tire on a, uh, on a bike, a, a bike tire, for instance, cut the little pin off. So it's just the hose packed it with baby powder and then raised the, you know, the, the the piece that pulls the air in and then pushed all that baby powder out underneath the, the crevice in my door so that my room was coated in baby powder. Um, that was quite mean. The one I feel bad about is at the same place. Someone insisted that I bought wow. a boy pop. state. 
Yeah. Delinquents. Someone someone insisted that I buy them a palm juice, and I may have slipped X Lex in there. Not to their benefit, and I felt a little bit bad about that when I heard about the bleeding that may have happened. Womp, womp. So. Greg, you got any good pranks? Oh, wait, yeah. you had the best prank pulled against you by Scrodal. Oh, that's not really a prank. Uh, <laughs> we'll save that for another time. Uh, I'm just over here wishing for the first time ever that I had gone to Boys State. Um, but it's fleeting. It's gone now. <laughs> it's it, no. This is all when we were counselors there. Yes. Uh, ah, wow. That makes it even better. Next up, from Always Thinking, eighteen thirty-five, Jonesy. What's the worst movie you've ever seen? And not so bad. It's good, but bad isn't actually terrible. I honestly don't know. Uh, Capote. Really? I've heard that's good. No. No, Phil Seymour Hoffman is very good in it. the The whole movie's garbage, though. It is. There will terrible. be blood. Is a great book. Um, oh. for me, it's one of the. We went to the theater for one of the Pirates of the Caribbean flicks, like one of the later ones. And later, we all revealed to each other that if someone had said something, we all would have walked out at a certain point. Um, what about you, Plum? I honestly don't even know i i can't even think of one yeah I, I think i i think i watched julie and julia on an airplane once and although i love meryl street <laughs> it was upsetting to me that i gotten i'd sunk that low that i'd flown on delta so many times that that was the only option i had and i thought about just you know saying i had a bomb <laughs> that's where we were at it was julia and julia or this <laughs> Uh, next question is how has, or has the value of sports in your life changed during the pandemic? Why and how? Wow. Uh, uh, I like how always thinking 1835 thought we were going to have some introspective, uh, answer to this question. After we still run a podcast about sports. <laughs> Boys state, uh, <laughs> shenanigans were exchanged. Um, I, it hasn't really changed. In fact, if anything, it's devalued right now for me. What about you guys? I think uh, it, it's become clear to me that that MSU is the the leader in that I I thought I was going to watch more NBA basketball. I really did. And I haven't. And it makes me wonder if I watch a bunch of other sports because MSU is playing that same day. There was a great game last night between uh, Utah and the Nuggets. And Gary had a big, a big steal. Not really to, I mean, it was dumb what happened after that, but Gary Harris, prominently featured uh, at the end of the game. Anyway, continue. Now, uh, Plum, have you have you learned anything about the value of sports in your I life? Mean, I want them to resume, but not for their own sake, just for the life that they represent that I miss. The tailgate, the yeah. cold weather, yes. that's what I miss. So the sports is just a proxy for it. Uh, would it be the same watching Michigan State basketball play inside a bubble? Uh, the competition aspect would be good, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same. And that's really what I miss. Last question, which is uh, maybe, I don't know. This is an interesting one. If you could pick one small mammal and magically make it large enough for you to ride, what would you choose? Uh, Plum, I'll give this to you. Uh, uh, Greg, you cannot answer when it comes to you, your own penis. Uh, can I answer Greg's penis? <laughs> 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 if not, I'll just say the platypus. 
<laughs> that's the word. That's what I named Greg's penis. Never mind. <laughs> the platypus. <laughs> All right, let's move on to swear like Tom. The year is 05, and you wake up with newfound musical talent and a desire to march in formation. When you audition for the Spartan Marching Band, what instrument are you playing? Grek. Well, let's keep it the theme and go the trombone. Huh? Come on. Oh my God. Come on. Come on. Well, what, what do you got? Marching bassoon, obviously. And for me, it's the baton that the man plays or woman when they march out in the front of the rest of the people and then bend over backwards. The drum major. Yes. Whatever. Ah. They play the baton. Not one of the other batons that just sort of throws in the air and does a spin. Mm. Uh, next up, Jonesy. That's me. If I can think, if I can successfully teach college students Spanish over Zoom this fall, do you think I could have successfully taught you Spanish back at MSU? Well, sorry, like Tom, I would respond to you this. If you could make me uh, get over my ability to speak the English language at a certain level and then attempt to speak a different language at the same level and feel comfortable with it, that would be one thing. If you could also get me, uh, you know, the prescriptions I need for ADHD and then also, you know, some other things that happened in life at the same time, it it, it wouldn't have gone well. I'm sorry. Yeah, many tried and many failed. Yes. Uh, sorry, like Tom. Are you team pumpkin spice or team apple cider? Related, hard cider or pumpkin ale? Greg, what do you oh, got? Can't we have them all just in one big vat? Pour it down my throat yeah. right now because it sounds better than living in this COVID hellscape that we're in right now. Uh, man um, with taste, Plum. What do you got? Uh, it's cider all the way, both ways. Uh, I will take my pumpkin spice latte, but uh, I will take hard cider over pumpkin ale. Every day, all day. Uh, last question from Sorry Like Tom is, have you watched Athlete A yet? She says, I have not, but uh, it's because I've not been in the right headspace for the record. Greg, what do you got? Uh, I haven't either, although I think it focuses more on USAG than on MSU. I could be totally wrong about no, that. That's correct. Um, uh, believed is fantastic, and that does focus quite a bit more on MSU. Um, it's a podcast out of Michigan radio on NPR. And then you can also watch the, uh, sister survivor series on YouTube, which were discussions that were hosted at the MSU museum by the now, uh, it's a weird situation. Look into what's going on with the museum director, the former museum director at MSU. Um, it's, it's a thing. It's no. a thing, but it's not like sexual assault a thing. It's um, it's plagiarism a thing. It's weird. Anyway, all right, that's, all right. that's not cringeworthy. Okay, uh, John Hubbard up next. <laughs> Plum, what will the title of your autobiography be? Oh, mm, probably just Plum, or maybe <laughs> Plum Alex, and it's got a nice purple hue. Yeah. Right for the just, picket. Just um, all Alex, you know? <laughs> oh, God. All right, next up. If the Big Ten is on the opponent's one-yard line to get the season started, as the president tweeted today, what play 
does he call to get the conference over the goal line? Hashtag touchdown MSU. How about uh, the fixing COVID uh, play? <laughs> President of the United States, play that one. Play that one. Sort of a power run to get testing. Yeah. Um, last question from John Hubbard. If you started a cult, what kind of cult would it be? Messianic, sex, doomsday. Would you present yourself as the central figure or some kind of other esoteric totem to offer to your adherents? Plum, what kind of cult would you start? Testing cult and uh, the esoteric totem would just <laughs> be a bunch of saliva everywhere. Great. What a Man, treat. My is, kind of cult. That, that sounds like a sex cult to me. Um, Taylor. Anderson, up next, we've all heard about the lame-slash-sad stuff happening this year. What's a good thing to come out of this year for the hosts? Greg, I'll turn it to you. Uh, I feel really bad about mine, so I pass on this. (laughs) Stop. Just say it. Bro, if if you are in a certain situation, this year has been a financial boon for you. Oh, so so the refi through Brandon Sands is what it is. Yes. Yes. Through Brandon Sands. It's been a financial boon here. Uh, Plum, Plum, what about you? Uh, In January, I started uh, a new job and it has been so great and it's only getting better. So that's, uh, it's been a great thing. And it's super relevant considering Uh, the COVID response. That's great. So. Yeah, that's very nice. Lovely. Uh, Next question from Taylor Anderson. If you won the mega billions or whatever it's called lotto, What's the first, quote-unquote, fun purchase you would make? So you can't say paying off loans, etc. Pure, unnecessary fun. Greg, what do you got? Uh, I would With buy, your financial boom. I would buy test kits for the world. And everyone would get That's tested. not fun. That's necessary. It sounds fun right now, <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't it, Michael? <laughs> yeah. Plum, what do you got? Uh, Lake House up north. Duh. Duh. Winery. Michigan response. Winery. Mm. Not in Michigan, by the way. (laughs) By the way. Out west. Uh, Oh, yeah. So much better than Michigan. Out west. Oh, I'm Mike Jones. Coastal elite. Doesn't even matter which coast. One U.S. state. What one U.S. state would you most like to visit that you have not visited yet? Oh, I'm Mike Jones, coastal elite. I don't care about any of the flyover <laughs> states. What is it, Jonesy? What is it? Uh, probably Idaho or Montana. I was going to say Montana. Oh, yeah. Big sky Jones. country. Jones. Get yourself a gun Jones. going Jones. out there. Oh, wow. This, we, you've gone fully off the rails, Greg. All right. We're going to move to Nick Kamansky next. Yeah, because uh, we're already off the rails. This is perfect. Yes. Uh, all right, Greg, this is to you. What is your favorite Drew Stanton moment? Uh, oh, it's when 2005 against Wisconsin, he comes out of the <laughs> locker room at halftime, and I know that MSU is going to win that game. Why? Because they were already so far up with Damon Dowdell running plays, and then Drew Stanton runs out of – the locker room at halftime. Yeah. Obviously they were going to win that game and it was fantastic. It took a long time for that to no longer be my all time favorite moment in Spartan stadium. 
continue. Plum, you got a you got an answer on uh, this one? That, other uh, other than the time that? that, Drew Stanton made out with me at a party uh, freshman year. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, wait, did that happen? Sure, might as well have. Yeah, <laughs> <He's... laughs> that, that would give me so much joy uh, that you are both somehow outing Drew Stanton here, <laughs> and, and, and we and we and you had that joy. Honestly, that you had that joy. Yeah. And never heard of this until right I mean, now. Let's, let's yeah. not say who made out with whom. Uh, <laughs> Next question. What are your top three Drew Stanton moments from a uh, Michigan? Right, this is a skip. We can move on. Uh, if right. football ever happens again, will you have me on the podcast for Michigan versus MSU week? Also a skip. Uh, do you still <laughs> love Kirk Cousins after he dismissed the idea of wearing a mask? Noting if I die, I die. We haven't talked about this. Let's actually cover it. Yeah, we saved we saved this topic for now. Plum, it's late in the podcast, but here's your minute of hate, my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll get I'll give you two minutes. You know what? We'll lump in Mama Maple Leafs uh, question, which is also I thought MSU graduated scholars and thinkers. Any other sports graduates uh, that you know of that don't care uh, citing Kirk Cousins' dumbass comments today, Plum? You want to say what the comments were and uh, and why they're dumb? Uh, Kurt Cousins made a comment when asked about sort of if you were, you know, concerned about the uh, coronavirus on a scale of one to ten. One's, you know, masks are stupid. You're all a bunch of lemmings. And ten is I'm not leaving my master bathroom for the next ten years. Where do you land? And he sort of teased up, well, I don't want to call anybody stupid, but I'm probably a point zero 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 one. So, you know. Which is less than one, so by the way. I guess people are dumber. Um, should we just point dumber out? than lemmings? You know, is what he's trying to say. He calls out the sort of "I want to let nature do its course, survival of the fittest" approach. He's not doing Michigan State any favors. Uh, the, the, it's really we are, the value of our degrees has taken a hit. Poor, poor Kurt Cousins, or as my brother, a longtime University of Michigan uh, fan, calls him Dirk Dozens. And in this one, I got to give my brother Ben the credit because this was a Dirk Dozens response. Masks are not about you, you dumb idiot. Masks are about others. So whatever the hell you want to think about what the mask does or doesn't for you, you wear the thing because you're going to help others. Now, it's true. At one point, he mentioned, you know, I'm going to respect my teammates. I'm going to follow protocol. But he's telling us his true beliefs, and he's a leader. He's someone that people look up to. He's someone that's respected. And he's 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 revealing these really dangerous ideas that are harmful to the public. He's telling us things that aren't true because they're just things that he thinks. He, I've read this somewhere. I just, you know, I'm going to just let nature, you know, I want you to come to Detroit. Come to Detroit. Go to Belle Isle right now. On Belle Isle are the are the faces of the nine hundred over nine hundred people who have died to COVID. Their picture their their faces are lined up across every major road that stretches across Belle Isle. Go and look at the people that sobbing as they're putting up balloons and things, and just talk to them about how nature ran its course. It's ignorant. It's ridiculous. It's bullshit. And Michigan State deserves better. Kurt Cousins should be ashamed of himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is uh, sombering and and well said. I, and and I I just would repeat something that we tweeted earlier today that I think we we need to have less tolerance for people for for saying that someone has an opinion about a fact. You can have an opinion about masks. You can have an opinion about whether the government should be able to mandate them. Like that's an opinion. 
This is a disagreement about, you know, sort of the, the limits of government. But you can't have an opinion on their efficacy. And, and the idea that you're giving a permission structure to people to continue to believe things that are just not true, that's not an opinion. That is holding a falsehood as a truth. And, and, and this, this shit plays out other places. It's not just masks. The globe is warming. And yet we debate science. So, like, I, I don't want to get into politics, but, like, Kirk Cousins is perpetuating something that is a problem in society that we need to nip in the bud. And so, you know, I, I don't want to detract from something that Alex just said that is very powerful, but, like, we got to stop calling this shit an opinion. It's not. It's just being wrong. And and so, I, I don't know if you want to add anything, Greg, but, like, disappointing day for MSU. Yeah, I would just add that this is not the first time that I've personally disagreed with uh, Kirk. Kirk yeah, yeah there's a picture of him that I'm not a big fan of on the golf course with somebody. Next up, political. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Uh, next up, Mama Maple Leaf. With Beaumont Tower sitting on the site of the first college <laughs> building in the country that was dedicated to the scientific education of agriculture, what song should be played on every hour? Old McDonald, what's your choice? <laughs> Uh, old Harvest Moon or something like that. Uh, something, something nice. Uh, I've noticed that, is it uh, the clarion? What, what's the name of the instrument that's the bells? The um, Carolan. Carolan. Whatever it is, it starts with a C, the I Carolan. believe. I uh, and oh my God. Carolan, the Carolan, has begun playing again. It didn't for a long period of time, even though I believe it's completely remote now and, and played from the... Uh, the music building. Um, but recently on campus, we were having a walk and it was playing again. For I don't think I realized that, you know, when we were students there, we had a Caroline year and that's the title of the individual who played the Caroline. In fact, he was a tenured faculty member who taught how to play Caroline and they would give tours. The tower yep. garden society would give tours. I think those tours still exist, but I, I believe it has it's been electric now technically oh. played remotely from the music building for a the while answer to now. the question is the alma mater uh one of the greatest songs ever written and <laughs> next up oh crap i forgot to number my questions this is question number three solid dig mama i believe uh what is your favorite cookie favorite with a U? and is it with milk do you dunk yes or no plum what do you got chocolate chip I just, in fact, baked last night the Neiman Marcus $250 cookie recipe. You can find it on the New York Times.com. Uh, I am lactose intolerant. We want to be very, very clear here on this podcast. This is not a Neiman Marcus podcast. Okay. And uh, this is a Saks. I know podcast. it would be. It would be if Saks had claimed to the $250 cookie recipe available on the New York Times.com, uh, but they don't. Uh, as a lactose tolerant, in, intolerant individual, I would dunk, but with oat milk. Thanks. Ooh, all right. Uh, last up, vodka soda. Alex, hi. Emoji with heart, eyes. How are you doing? Hey, Petra, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> For Alex, with COVID being so politicized, where do you go for the most accurate and factual data and information related to COVID? Uh Good question. This is an important question. It's a question. very important question. Um, be, 
so until very recently, I went to CDC before I went to WHO, but now I'm going to WHO. Um, after CDC came out and started suggesting that asymptomatic individuals should not be tested any longer, I no longer have faith that the CDC is no longer uh, an independent uh, scientific organization, but that it's been politicized. Um, and despite all of Trump's rhetoric against the president's rhetoric against WHO, um, I, in some respect, believe that that rhetoric indicates that organization's um, independence and ability to be getting independent uh, facts and figures related to the virus. So I look at the World Health Organization's website. And last question, Alex, do you want to come to my baby shower? Yes. I'm being... yes. <laughs> All right. That wraps an excellent episode that, uh, let's see how long this God forsaken thing went. Oh my God. All right. Uh, yeah, right. People, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, it was a lot to cover, but I hope you had a good time. We certainly did. Of course, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show, but do share it with people. And uh, with that, gentlemen, go green. Go white. Go white, Jazzy. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba